Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Catch Up with Jason Andy. Jace Ferguson here, and uh, myself and Andy Hare, one of my good friends from down in Australia, we're going to be kicking off our another podcast. Now, this will be podcast number four, and in this one, we're going to be kind of exploring about how did we get from here to there. Uh, we're going to be looking at kind of the things that Andy and I have kind of explored and experienced within our careers. Now, what really drives us behind this idea was, I remember when I first started teaching in my career, I'd be like, how did that person end up getting to the point where they're at now? And I think it'd be really helpful for some people who are just coming into the profession, or those people who just want that refreshing breath of uh, fresh air to be like, I'm on the right path. And it'd be something kind of cool to explore with uh, myself and Andy. Um, Before we kick it off, Andy Hare. Tell me about your week. What's been going on? I hear there's some great things happening in Australia with uh, moving back into live classes now that the second wave of, of the COVID virus has kind of got under control. Tell me more about how what's going on and uh, how things are going down there. It's great to hear that you are back with the students. Um, I always know that, especially like you and I are quite similar in the fact that we just love being in the classroom, being in front of the kids and working with students. Um, I can just imagine how excited you are to, to everybody who's listening. I'm not sure if you guys can hear that, but my little one's asking who I'm talking to. Um, so I'm really happy that you are back in with your students because <clears throat> I know it's definitely difficult to be away from them. Um, and, and the mental image of you sitting in, in an ice bath. I remember having to do those when I played, uh, when I used to play at quite a high level. And there's they they hurt so good but they feel so good at the same time i just i just love them but right now just thinking about it i would just i'm just shivering thinking about it uh this week this week's actually been a really exciting week um with my, within my pe students my pe 10s we actually finished up our net wall games unit where we were focusing on volleyball and developing those skills and understandings to progress and at the end of the unit, I actually had the students run their own in-house tournament. And it was really cool to see the growth happen in the students. When I threw the idea out to the team, a lot of the, a lot of the PE teachers like, well, we, those, student, those students at that age have never really had an official like volleyball unit or net walls game unit. So it's, it's very difficult for them to even get like the three, three sequence rally going. And I'm, I'm, my mentality is almost like a five-year-old. If you don't, if you tell them that it can't be done, I'm going to go and do it. So at the end of the unit, we were having students who've never played before, never even touched a volleyball before, actually doing some of the basic skills, understanding the game, and even coaching each other, which I thought was really cool. Whenever I see students coach each other, it just shows me like they fully and truly understand and have the mastery to communicate that onto others. But, uh, it's also been quite exhausting. Our school is currently short uh, 20 teachers. So all the teachers that have been that have remained in Macau, <clears throat> uh, right now the situation is if you leave Macau, 
and you are on a work visa and if you're a non-resident, you cannot come back in. So we're short about 20 teachers. So all of us have had to pick up a little bit extra here and there. And uh, with some of our restrictions, other than some of the students can't eat in the cafeteria, they have to eat in their classrooms. It, they do end up being very, very long and strenuous days. And at the end of the week, you're just exhausted and ready to just go home and kind of recharge, which currently that's what I'm doing now. I'm actually sitting here playing old Super Nintendo games, just kind of recharging my batteries and uh, just relaxing and going back to that childhood side of me, which really isn't that difficult on the, on the average day. I love those old school video games and what a way to actually recharge the battery. I do the same. I just uh, sneak up to the back room of the house, put myself in front of the computer and just uh, take off from where I, um, I left off. Um, hey, Jace, so we were talking about the professional connections and how we, how we got to where we are now from where when we started and um i'm really curious i'm gonna let you go first on this because i always love offering it over to the young the young pub um but um can you let me know how you managed to start and what journeys you've been on some of those journeys because i know we we met a number of years ago and that was just where we are right now but um, how did you make your start with the professional nature and the professional connections and really interested um, to know what conferences do for you and the energy for your uh, physical education program, but also your, your own professional practice? Um, because I know that, and I'll elaborate on it a little bit later, but definitely attending a number of conferences now over the last decade um, I come away from it every single time in a world of euphoria and just want to take over the world. Um, it's so awesome, especially going to international conferences as well. As well. This has become a quadruple fold in, in wanting to conquer the highest of mountains many times over. So over to you, service one. Well, well, Jace, it is so good to be back. Episode number four, and we promised our listeners that this one won't take so long to get onto the air. The last one was, as we mentioned, it was forever, but we are back, Jace. We are well and truly back. Um, this week, we are in-person teaching with students, and I am exhausted. I tell you what. You know, when you have to uh, wait an hour to go to the toilet, you realise that the toilet in your house is an absolute luxury. Um, if you uh, you need to wait a couple of hours before you can go get a cup of tea, um, because uh, again, the kettle in the house is an absolute luxury. Um, but you know, it is fantastic to be back, and we've got uh, ten weeks um, until the end of the school year. So we realised um, today, I was like this week my colleague and I, that we'd only taught uh, our preps, our kindergarten kids for a, a total of four weeks for the entire school year. So our expectations with them coming in at this time of the year would actually be quite high, but we are keeping it really low. Um, right now, I've just got off the push bike. I've um, spent four and a half hours riding down the coast and, and back. And now if you can... Um, Put this little mental picture in your head. I'm sitting in a lovely freezing cold ice bath to uh, help reduce the, the swelling and um, disperse the lactic acid. So that was my week so far. Jace, um, 
how about you, bud? What are you up to uh, today? And um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your week before we get uh, kicked off in giving people, a, I guess, a look back on um, our journey forward. Well, 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 I am hearing that message and it is very familiar. Uh, <laughs> I think we all, you know, when we talk about where we started and, you know, people see our enthusiasm for everything right now, but I tell you what, when I started, I was a, a lost, lost sheep in the paddock or a lost lamb wandering around, no clue in the world. Um, professional development, what, what was that? You know, we were guided by our principals of our schools and, and quite often guided by the classroom direction. Um, you know, there was no real urge to get professional um, passions going because you were just so excited that you had a job and you were teaching what you wanted. Um, I do remember, though, very significantly having the light bulb go off so early in my career. I was 22 years of age. I was into my second year and I joined a, an organisation um, to called School Sport Victoria that actually ran um, sporting events right around our state and fostered the, um, the competition side of education uh, through the lens of competitive sport. And, um, and that was probably where my professional development landed first uh, and foremost because um, the teaching was one thing and I look back on those lessons and, and I, I think, well, what, what on earth was I doing? I had some idea, but I didn't really have uh, much idea because I was following someone else's plan. Um, and, but School Sport Victoria was probably my first real sink the teeth in professional development. Um, and I was a, I was a learner. Uh, I loved to learn. I loved to grab it and apply it. And I gave all the time that I had towards it. And, you know, I did a track and field course so I could teach track and field much better in primary schools. And, um, and that was really cool. That got me into a, a track and field team. Um, it got me responsibilities of running events uh, and looking at the whole system. It probably wasn't until I was um, maybe 10, 12 years into my career that I, I kind of wondered and, and had the big ideal there that, you know, what would school look like without sport, competitive sport? And is there a, a need for schools to have competitive sport? Because right now we talk physical literacy um, because it's been well-defined and well-researched, but it's always been there. Um, and does our physical education programs need competitive sport to give the ideals of physical literacy directions for the education side to actually stick? Um, and that was probably one of my, my first decade wonderings. Um, the early conferences that I, I went to, I was largely a participant rather than a presenter. Um, I don't think I presented until uh, around about 10 years ago where I was just taken. I think I was in a session. In fact, I remember the session I was in. It was a technology one. And the presenter actually had um, messaged me the night before and said, hey, Andy, um, which, like they just did a, um, a pre survey to see what experience people had with technology and what they were looking for. Um, 
and the message came through to say, hey, Andy, um, do you think it's worth your time coming to this thing? Because everything you're doing is actually probably more than um, I'm going to teach you. But I went along anyway. And what came out of that was a desire to be able to part with information and share. And um, and that, that became the journey uh, moving forward. But uh, we don't want to delve into that one just yet. That one's coming up um, about where we are and what you know, the, I guess, the journeys we've been on and the stories that we've had, um, but more so the impacts. And, you know, going back to those early days, I didn't think of the numbers. I didn't think of the impacts. There was no Twitter, um, Instagram or Facebook. Um, hey, you know, Mark Zuckerberg was still in primary school when I started to teach. Um, <laughs> and, um, and there was no technology. So we, we pretty much were guided by the books that we had and the books that we can um, uh, purchase. Um, we couldn't research people overseas. And I mean, how, how amazing would it have been to have Doug Letty um, or Shane Pill right there on the internet, being able to be influenced by them in the early stages of your career. Um, but more so you had textbooks that were written by these educators in the eighties. Um, I was very, very lucky in that um, the year after again, that I started teaching, um, you know, now that I'm talking about, it, I can remember other significant events was the launch of the um, fundamental motor skills um, manual that was heavily researched here in Australia. Um, and it was pivotal into the direction of where we are now as Australian educators and, and how we teach. Um, and I think that was written in 94, released in 95, 96. And I remember sitting in a, a PV about it. Um, and there would have been 200 teachers in that, um, a free PD, you've got a book, you then got this brand new system of how to assess um, how to teach and what to look for to guide students to that next level. Um, and that was symbolic of a change in how I saw uh, teaching. I implemented station activities. I didn't see um, teaching in isolation anymore as much of a, a um, disadvantage. So when I say that, um, you know, I'm not teaching a catching unit for three weeks or four weeks and then moving on and not touching it again for a year. Um, I was able to build that into stations and complement that skill with other skills. Um, and that's probably that where that dynamic part of it came in. And I was probably being very lucky that probably had a good depth of direction with curriculum, scope and sequence charts and assessment. Um, from about my third year into teaching and, and you know, the, the greys um, underneath my long hair now do tell me that, you know, this is my 26th year of teaching. So um, I've seen a lot and I've seen a lot of changes, but this style is still really effective and, and that has come from other educators. And the more that we got online, the more professional development was out there. And now, hey, look at you and I, we are collaborating uh, worlds apart but being able to really have that same um, conversation about what we do and how we do and, and looking at our eight-year-olds um, and having a look at the diversity that we need to teach to an eight-year-old with their skill and game um, sense because of the background of how they're being exposed to physical education as well and what they're 
parents are doing with them or what their carers are doing with them um, to balance the education with the, the real play-based nature of um, messing around with the skill and, and getting the best from the skill. Um, so, Jace, let me serve back to you, buddy. It's becoming a great game of tennis, this. Um, is that right? So talk, talk to me about the last five years. I know that the last five years for myself have been absolutely golden um you know both they've both probably been golden with where i am now as an educator um but also probably negative in in terms of health and and recoveries from um pretty devastating accidents as well but those i I take those experiences and apply them to my education and i think that the last five years uh easily have been the best in my entire life um i want to hear about what traveling to international conferences um has been like for you and also being a canadian living in macau um or even just living abroad um how professional development and conferences have really influenced your style of practice um, and how you are continuing to maintain the best possible PE program that you can teach currently. So service away, my friend. Service and receive. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of how I got involved in the professional side of things. I was actually just going to my very first conference when I was just a new new teacher, the Alberta Teachers Association had a first year teachers conference. And the division I worked in it was actually a private school in, in Alberta, and they required us to go, which I thought was amazing. Like, hey, this is gonna be great. But also I just came out of university and like, I'm tired of classes, I just wanna get right into the profession, just the passion, I was so passionate then, I just had the blinders on. I'm like, I'm gonna be the best teacher going out there. I'm gonna kind of do this and take on the world. But then I went to this conference and it really widened the gaze of those blinders I had on. Cause I'm like, I'm not the only person in this path. Sometimes teaching is a very isolating practice where we're so busy with our classes, we're so busy planning. We forget that there are other people who are doing the same thing. We're all going in the same direction, but we're kind of traveling at night. We don't know other people are doing this. And going to that first conference really opened my eyes saying, there are other people who are on the same path. And that kind of stuck with me. Now, I actually didn't even get involved into presenting at the conferences. I think I was maybe about five or six years into my teaching practice. And it was just like, I wasn't even planning on doing it. It was a tap on the shoulder saying, hey, you guys are doing some amazing things. Do you mind doing a presentation on it? So one of my good buddies, uh, Jordan Lachlan, him and I actually put on a session about, about assessment practices in physical education, where we unpacked the rubrics that we had. We, we looked through like why we're using them, how we're using them to communicate with students and it just took off from there. Like, I think within that first, that first year, Jordan and I had that session, we presented it at three different places. We did it at our local conference, which was just the teach, which was just the schools and the teachers in the surrounding area. Then we did kind of like our major teacher convention, which was kind of more teachers taken from a larger geographic area. 
And then ultimately we, we did it in our um, physical education specialist conference, uh, HPEC, which is every year, and all the phys ed teachers in the province would gather for this conference. So it was actually at that moment where I'm like, hey, this is actually a lot of fun. Other people are in the same boat as I am, but what I'm doing are helping other people along. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. And that's what really kind of got me just hooked on it is helping other people. Um, I like to build up people. I like to build capacities in others. And I found that this was a great outlet to doing that because I could share what I'm doing, but I could also learn from others as well. You're only as smart as the, as the smartest person in the room, but when you fill that room with some of the smartest people in the province or in the area, some amazing ideas happen. And I was just thriving off it. The, it, the amazing ideas, the innovation that was happening, it was all organic. It wasn't planned. It wasn't, uh, we're going to sit down and do this. It just naturally happened. And it's just was beautiful. And it just hooked me right there. And then now that I've received that serve, Andy, how did you get involved with it? Like what was kind of the first experience you had getting involved? Because I'm, I'm going to assume that you kind of like me and it just it happened kind of on accident in a way. But I'm interested to hear, how did you get involved? I absolutely love your mindset behind the profession. Um, definitely putting our heads in the spaces of our students and our minds in those same spaces. I think that's a very powerful uh, image. And I think it's just great because we have to remember we were, were kids once and we're trying to relate to them. Like half of our, our job is on relating to them on that personal level, not just trying to teach them understandings and skills, but relating to them and building those relationships. Um, for me, I'm not sure. Um, I, I was asked this a couple of years ago where I would like to be. And I really was set and determined that I would, if I could just keep continuing to hone my craft and be that, that physical education teacher, that just was the cult, the cornerstone of a culture within a facility. <clears throat> That's ultimately, ultimately to me, the, the end goal, but I've, it's kind of evolved from that now. Like we, sometimes we forget, like we are not only just our classroom specialists, but we are school teachers as well. So my kind of thinking and understanding has evolved from that where throughout the entire school, I want, I want all the students, no matter if they're phys, they're athletes or if they're, they're drama students or if they're performing arts students or whatever they are, like they, I want to be the teacher that every student can come to. And I, I, that's what I ultimately want to be and continue to, to develop towards that. Does that mean moving into administration? I don't know, maybe. Or does that mean moving into maybe a different role, such as an instructional coach? Who knows? The options are always open, but uh, I definitely know within the next uh, few years, we're going to be going back into Canada, back home, Definitely want to give my daughter, uh, she was born overseas, she was born in Dubai, and now she lives in Macau. Uh, definitely want to give her this type of experience that I had growing up in Canada with, with sport, with activities, with the outdoors, with the wilderness. And I really want to immerse her with that and have that be part of her lifestyle as well growing up. Um, nothing wrong with what she has now. It's an amazing experience to be an international youth and to see all these different cultures. She's seen things I've never seen before. And we're actually experiencing them together. So it's kind of an amazing idea. But ultimately, be back home, being in that role where developing 
programs where all students are included and all students are welcome and they're excited and happy to be there in that moment. Ultimately, that's where I want to be. Uh, if that's as a physical education teacher or administrator or coordinator, who knows what that could look like, but ultimately that is what I want to develop for the students. All right, good sir. I've, re I've returned your serve. We've rallied back and forth. What are some of your final thoughts in terms of uh, just what are some pieces of advice that you wish you knew that we could offer our listeners? What is one thing that you wish you knew getting into your career that you would have applied earlier? What do you think? What are your thoughts? I love that. Um, that's a pretty good final thought. You know, I had this principle, and I think I've spoken about this before, and uh, I, I was asking him what he thought education might look like. I think this was my final year of university, and he ended up being my first-year principal. Um, what he thought education would look like in 20 years, and he said, well, you know, teachers sitting behind screens and kids um, in different areas behind their screens and, um, you know, theoretically learning off devices. Well, he wasn't far wrong. This is mid-'90s where... You know, technology wasn't even in schools like that. You still had a photocopier where, uh, now this is going to show my age, and you young uh, educators out there are going to go, what the hell is this guy on about? But, you know, you had to make a, a carbon copy of the worksheet that you wanted, lay it into this ink machine, and then roll this ink machine out for the number of copies you wanted, and it basically to put a blueprint onto a white piece of paper. I mean, that that was the photocopying that was in the school. Um, so imagine if you had 500, you'd get very strong on one side, be looking like Popeye. Um, but uh, that's way off track. But um, I guess if I thought about things and I, and there's been plenty of them even in the last five years, I, you know, you see things and you, you go, oh, I had that same idea. Why didn't I think of that earlier? Um, but if I go right back to where I started and I knew that connections and relationships were the hundred percent key to, um, the confidence, competence and motivation of a student just to feel a part of something. And through those connections, you can then layer upon learning on top of that that would have been my first year, first five-year goal and plan, not to get in there and teach games, um, to play games. Um, I definitely wouldn't have taught or played dodgeball at any stage. Whoops. Um, but I would have really put that thick layer of self-confidence and belief um, into every single child and then started to teach on top of that. Um I would have invented uh, mobile phones. Um, we Well, I would have invented the mobile phones we have today. Um, so that way we can connect with other educators because I was a lonely PE teacher in my school where PE was really the dirty word with anyone else. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I would have been a rich man inventing the, um, the Apple iPhones. I probably would have called it the Andy iPhones. Um, so everyone would have an Andy iPhone out there and um, and you'd be connecting and every time you'd answer your phone, uh, you'd have Andy voice. Siri wouldn't be Siri, Siri would be Andy. So you'd be going, um, hey, Andy, can you um, 
show me where the nearest coffee shop is and then you get my voice instead um so all those things but yeah look jokes aside definitely as i as i mentioned uh the relationship side of things coming out with a really heavy understanding and that that would be my main focus and away we would go from there i think that you know 20 plus years down the track um i would still be doing what i'm doing because i i'd never intend to move from that but there would be a, a hell of a different purpose and strength um to my curriculum and teaching because i would have spent 20 plus years with that as my number one goal um so with that in mind, my friend, Jace, uh, I'm going to finalise and wrap up this amazing podcast uh, that I'm so thoroughly enjoying doing with you. And uh, today is the 24th of October. I'm not looking at my watch, but I'm having a guess there. Um, and I just wanted to say, we both came out of the Victoria Atchburg um, conference this week, and I was so thrilled to see you there as an international guest presenting. Um, and the things you presented were just really extraordinary and I guaranteed made uh, our Victorian teachers um, stop, think, take note and redirect their learning. So Jace, on behalf of you and I, I really thank you for uh, your magnificent thoughts. Our listeners and viewers, we both love you very, very much. And that is all on the Catch Up with Jason Andy. See you next time. Tennis. I thought we were playing good old-fashioned Canadian squash, but both work. Um, <laughs> so it was actually really cool to listen to kind of your story and how it just kind of reaffirms like people don't get into professional development 99% of the time on purpose. Sometimes it just kind of happens by accident and it just organically connects with those people. And I really think that's really important, especially if you are looking into being like going to professional development, going to conferences, hosting conferences, your your passion almost needs to be effective. Um, my favorite thing for about conferences was just walking away with that passion just on that high. And it's because of all the other people in the room were just affecting me and just growing that passion even more. <clears throat> um, I know within the past five years, actually, it was a little bit of a struggle to start when uh, we've only been international teaching now for five years. So when we went international, I had a really good, close, connected group of professionals and friends back in Alberta. Um, when I used to work with HPEC, you know, the Health and Physical Education Council of Alberta. Now, within that, I was part of their council where I started off as a regional representative and just working at schools, giving workshops. But then uh, somebody gave me kind of a push and said, you should try to do this vice president of pedagogy and curriculum development. Um, and I got nominated and was voted in. And getting to work with other people who were just passionate about it, they really set the bar high for what was professional development and what was um, like what that passion was. And I really enjoyed working with them. I called them like my HPEC family. And we have a saying, once an HPECer, always an HPECer. And I still connect with them now. But when we left Alberta, it was actually a little bit of a struggle for me. Um, I we went to Dubai, there's a brand new world. Our eyes were open this whole thing of international education. 
And it was just a whole, like, I was just like a deer in the headlights for a little while. I just trying to get my feet underneath me, navigating, living abroad, navigating these, these new places. Um, if you would have asked me before we left that you would have told me I'd be living where I am now in Macau 10 years ago, I would have said, you're crazy. Why would I, why would I leave? But here I am. So when we first left, it was actually really a bit of a struggle. Um, just not having those connections, not having those people. But then Jared Robinson, the PE geek, he was doing a little bit of a, he put on a conference in Dubai. And I got an email and I saw it. I'm like, hey, do you know what? Like, I really enjoy presenting back in Alberta. Maybe I'll, I'll suggest an idea and present at Jared's conference. Not knowing much about Jared, just seeing some of his resources before. But then as we got through it, I kind of, I presented that conference and he came back to me. He actually, I remember him sending an email saying, I was actually hesitant about having you on because I've never heard of you before. But then I did my first one session on assessment fixes in PE and we actually had to move my session from a classroom into the cafeteria because I think instead of only having 20 people, we had about 70. And he was actually really impressed. And him and I now are, are kind of close friends, good friends, and we have that dialogue. But that's just kind of where it started. And then from there, that what got me kind of connected back to that PD family, which that's where I actually met you, met a lot of great people like Dale Sidebottom, Nathan Horn, Andy Vasley, like, and, and Jorge Rodriguez, and just a lot of people I've met in person. But then there's also a lot of people that now I've met virtually. It really opened my eyes and opened the doors to like the virtual side of things, like getting part of the being the phys ed summits, the virtual conferences. It was actually really, really exciting time because I was always busy. I was doing webinars for these, for here, sharing ideas about these concepts, sharing what I've kind of been developing within my research-based practices and my thesis studies and trying to apply them and share those applications with other phys ed programs. And now, if, now it feels like I have that HPAC family back where like even you and I, like we are worlds apart. You are in Australia, I'm in, uh, I'm in Macau, but it's just the, that closeness of people. And even just like with, uh, with like Dale Sidewalk, even Pat, talking with Patrick Hughes and, and Carlos, like we, we're all, it's that bringing that HPEC family feeling back. And even though we're, we're all in different places, we're all at different schools, different curriculums, it's really, really brought that feeling back. And that's really why I enjoy professional development is it's that networking, it's that close connectedness. It's knowing those people who are, are passionate just like you and are trying to change this, trying to implement positive changes and are always questioning status quo. Now, bringing it back to your question about a Canadian living abroad, <laughs> I, I, I grew up on a small farm, small town, I think my town is about 7,000 people. That's within the surrounding area. My family grew up raising cattle. They, we were not the globetrotting family. Um, I never, ever had any desire to do it. And it just took a push from my wife. Like, she decided, like, hey, there are these, there's these positions in uh, Dubai. I want to check it out. I'm like, sure, let's apply for it. What's the worst that can happen? Uh, so we did it and now we are actually like, so that's what got us in our first school in Macau or not Macau in Dubai. And again, it was just like an eye-opening experience. I didn't even know international teaching was an option. It was something not, I didn't even think of, but 
it just expanded the world. It just opened up all these different, different options and different doors. But then you also realize how small the world actually is. Uh, one of my good buddies, uh, him and I have actually graduated university together. And when we moved to Dubai, he actually moved to Dubai as well. And then now he's actually living in Hong Kong. We're in Macau, so it's just a short ferry ride away. And we're still connecting with each other. And this is almost 20 years ago when we were went to university together. It's just, it's interesting how small the world is. And even people working at other schools who I ran into throughout my career, it just really makes the world a little bit small. And it kind of helps me with that small town feeling. Like I'm just, I'm just a, just a farm boy lost in the sea of international excitement and adventure. And it really just kind of gives me that small town feeling. And that's actually why I really enjoy Macau. Uh, the school rats at Canadian school, actually um, one, of, one of our good friends, Tracy Lockwood, she, her and her husband were at the school and they kind of convinced us to put an application and come on over. And it's a really great place. It was a lot slower than Dubai, but it brought back like that small town feeling and everyone just kind of knows everybody, even though there's 600,000 people here, it does sometimes feel like there are only 7,000, which really reminds me of home. And that's kind of the one thing about being away and being abroad on the other side of the world is just having those feelings of just being at home and having your kind of home with you. It's been really actually kind of difficult with the pandemic going on. We actually haven't been able to go home. Wow, we went home last February, but now with everything kind of being locked down, we haven't been able to go back. But this also opened up some other avenues of just reconnecting with people. Like you and I, we're doing our podcast, um, having Google Hangouts and just having virtual beers with some friends, even just the good old fashioned calling. I actually love just calling up people out of the blue. And just the, the sound of confusion, the voice like, what are you doing calling? Why don't you text me? It's like, well, no, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. So it's really moving abroad has really helped me remember like the little things that help you keep connected with people and to grow those connections just by networking and, and all that great stuff. Now that I've received the serve, let me give it back to you, Andy. So where do you see yourself going? Where, do you, where is your ultimate end game of your professional journey? Is it to be in the classroom and try to develop the best physical education program you can? Or is it moving into either a different role? I'm kind of interested to know where's, uh, where's the great Andy Hare kind of aspiring to go to? Oh dear, you asked a question that is the most confusing one in the world. Um, but I do have an answer. I've, I've had a bit more clarity on that. Um, and firstly, let me date, go back. Cows, man. Ooh, that uh, really moves me to think that you were a cow um, boy. Um, I grew up in a town that had 300 people. <laughs> and that was at the most. I went to a school that had uh, 30 children. Um, and that's, uh, you know, we grew up around cows and sheep and, um, and wildlife and all of that. My, my dad, um, he worked for municipalities and councils, um, and, uh, they had hobby, oh, mum and dad had hobby farms. So, you know, I think their highest, they had about 300 sheep, um, and that was about it. Just, uh, yeah, as it was just a, a real hobby, but yeah, no, I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from there. And, um, you know, it's probably where I love going mountain biking still is out, out that way. Uh, Cause it just reminds me of good times. 
Um, so yeah, let's have a look at this. So uh, if you asked me this four years ago, um, I probably had a lot of pipe dreams that um, I thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to be a PE consultant. I'm going to fix the problems right around the world and um, and uh, influence this, influence that, bring in new ideas here, get onto the um, the workshop scene and just run workshops all around the place and maybe travel all around the world and do all that. Um, but you know, reality sort of sits in and the timing wasn't right. You know, I had kids in school and, you know, I'm a very family man, so I didn't want to be away for too long uh, for all that. And also, I'm not a salesman. Um, so I can't sell you something because my emotions get into it and um, and I don't feel that you should have to buy what I'm, I'm sort of putting down. It should be something that, you know, I'm able to share because if I share it, I'm going to be so much more passionate rather than trying to sell it. Um, yeah, but so uh, I've dabbled, um, you know, tried to do a couple of little things and here and there, but the ultimate end game for me is physical education teacher. You know, I want to be um, the, and this, this is dead serious, I want to be the youngest, oldest living PE teacher that's still active. Um, so there'll be no chemical injections at Botox. Um, there will not be any facelifts. Um, might be a couple of pegs on the back of my skull just to tighten the skin. But you know, in all seriousness, you know, currently I feel like I'm 20 years old, and it's because I look after myself. Um, the job keeps me young. Yes, absolutely, it does. You know, whenever I present. I talk about the culture of thinking like the age that you're teaching. So if you're teaching your preps kindergartners, you've got to think six. You know, what do you want to do when you're six? You, you, you get up, you eat, you watch TV, you have to go to school, you get home, you eat, you watch TV, you have to go to bed. Um, you know, there's not much else that happens for a six-year-old. You have lots of play. And, and so you think that same mentality, you know, when we try to hit them too much curriculum and, and talking, 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 um, I, I find that it is difficult to uh, get a, a six-year-old thinking the way we want to think. So, you know, I shift that scenario and, and that's keeping me so young because I walk into a classroom now and I don't think it's my classroom. I think it's, you know, the students that are in front of me, they own that classroom and I'm just a player in that classroom um, there to really have a great time with them. Um, ask them a question about what they're doing. You know, there's the learning right there. Uh, you know, the, the whys, you know, why are we doing that? Um, and how are you going to make that better? Um, you know, you're playing with them with questioning technique, which is um, really, really rudimentary of being just a great teacher. Um, but at the same time, um, looking after yourself is a huge priority. And I've looked after myself through training, through cycling, uh, running, swimming, stand-up paddleboarding. If you've seen um, my Twitter feeds over the last couple of months, I've got a hashtag going adventures every day. And, you know, I'm standing in the middle of oceans. Um, I'm standing uh, in, with kangaroos, with cows, being swooped by magpies um, down the Great Ocean Road, trail running through the forest. Uh, can't wait for summer when the snakes come out and then I'll be taking pictures of snakes as and all of that stuff as well. But that keeps me feeling young. And I guess I, I train 
for Ironman triathlon, but inevitably I'm actually training my mind because, you know, I can go out and train with other people, but I don't feel relaxed, I always feel stressed. But when I train by myself, I um, disperse all my energy, um, I line up all my thoughts, I, I'm able to really guide my thinking. So uh, when I start teaching again the following week, it's just the best version of me. It's not some uh, false stress head that's trying to, get to the weekend to do it all over again it's you know i'm at i'm present i'm in the moment um and that's you know that being present has taken a while to uh come to as well uh, where i thought i was present i wasn't present but really putting all distractions aside and listening to what's happening right in front of you and and you know listening with your eyes uh, we talk about that with our kids getting to listen with their bodies um, and listen with their eyes and and, um, and what can they take in? And that is really systematic of where I'm going. So, you know, in Australia, the retirement age is 65. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'll teach that long. Um, I probably will. But at the same time, I'm hoping that when that time comes around, I'll still have another five five to ten years in me because I just love the job so much and it changes all the time um, that I'm on the search for the ultimate curriculum, the ultimate lesson, and I'm guaranteeing I'll never find it because once you've found something that feels good, you're also going to reflect on it and go, you know what, I'll do that bit a little bit better. So I'm going to try that again. And so that search comes all over again. It's like surfing um, yeah, surfing and searching for the ultimate wave. Um, I've never found I found a couple when I was younger. Um, the board I'm on at the moment is not conducive to catching waves. It's conducive to catching large swell. Um, so searching for that large swell where it just picks you up and it just pushes you along to a point where you just feel euphoric. Uh, it's like riding bike downhill where you don't have to pedal. You can just move your body weight side to side um, and glide down that hill and watch the kilometre per hour tick up um, past the 70, 80, 90 kilometre mark and you know you're in control. Um, that's kind of what I'm on the search for. And I'll search and search and search. And, um, and it's, it's, it's about the passion, the passion that drives within it. Um, you know, this COVID stuff really sucks. And it sucks big time because it stopped a lot of us connecting in person. Um, but, you know, as you said, pick up the phone, jump on Voxer, um, you know, WhatsApp, uh, Google Hangouts and all that stuff. But, you know, the person-to-person um, connections is really what drives me. Having that uh, time to sit down, having that banter, uh, walking into a presentation on the other side of the world, knowing that not only are there people in the audience that don't know who you are, but there's people in the audience that do know who you are and have a great time with you. So being able to go in and be yourself and um, be that person that, People just see that that normal side of you um, through social media and, and kids see it as well and they just want to be a part of it. Um, I just want to, to find that when I finish teaching, um, people just want to be a part of it. And in that time, we're going, to, we're going to learn something. We're going to have a great time doing it, but we're going to keep it memorable. And um, we've spoken about this in earlier episodes. 
where we uh, we spoke about um, students reconnecting with us. And there's no greater thing in the world than a, a student reconnecting with you and telling you that, hey, you know what, your sessions um, in PE were were the best in the in the whole um, you know life of them as a student. And yeah, that stuff's really counts. It keeps you moving forward, keeps you going forward. Um, I can't wait till uh, we can get back to Hong Kong together and and reconnect. By that time, we will have done well, maybe 10 episodes the way we go. <laughs> no, we'll, we're not going back this year um, to the phase. Conference uh, is not on. Um, but I'm hoping next year that we'll be able to get back there and, and really get together. And again, like you said, you know, the Jareds of the world, the Dale Sidebottoms, the Carlosses, um, the Jaces, um, they, they're, they're people, Mel Hamada, um, Melanie Levenberg, um, Joe Bailey, they're people that you just see at conferences. Oh, geez, I could go on. Steph Sedino, um, and another one in there. And, there are people that you just see all over the place um, and it just keeps you motivated to be part of that. Um, and so I, I know I've left about a thousand people out there because I, did, I didn't even go over to the um, east coast of America where we have an, another 10 billion people that I just love and adore as PE teachers. But that's who motivates me and they're, they're the people that I love travelling to conferences um, to meet up with. Um, and getting together with and just having that social time because you know they're your friends they're absolutely your, your friends um and friends in life you know professional and also just through passion is is really what engineers that whole idea of uh connections so yeah my friend um canadian squash i wonder if that's like uh australian squash or um uk squash yeah, might might be a little bit different, but hey, you're a bit younger than me, Mister. Where do you see yourself uh, going? You know, you've already done the admin side. Um, tell me about your direction. So, uh, employees always ask it. Five years, ten years, fifteen. Where are you going to be? Yes, you're headed, kid. Yes, you're headed.